I'm Warren Berkeley with the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas, and this is the sermon set for December the 20th at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Please share this audio recording. When you think of the book of Revelation, the last book in the New Testament, what are the first images that come to your mind? Probably the visions, the dramatic pictures painted by John, the challenge to interpret those images, the application of those messages to your daily life. In this session, I want us to go beyond our first thoughts, and I want to take us to the person this book is about. The person of this book is not the Apostle John, who saw the visions and wrote the book, The person of this book is not the great red dragon or the beast from the sea. The person who is at the center of this book is Jesus Christ. Listen, please, Revelation 1, 4 through 9. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and partner in the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance that are in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. One of the great keys to understanding the book of Revelation, in fact, understanding the New Testament, the whole Bible, is the truth about Jesus Christ, revealed in the dignified language of this final book of the New Testament. Look at these rich descriptions of Jesus Christ in Revelation 1 and verse 5. The firstborn from the dead is an affirmation of his resurrection from the dead, the central truth of Christianity. Also, he is the ruler over the kings of the earth, giving us great hope and courage that Jesus stands at such high places. He is in control, far superior in goodness and power, above the kings of the earth. This is about Jesus who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. So can I take us to the other description of Jesus here in verse 5 of Revelation 1. We're going to spend our time focused on this statement of who Jesus is. I'm talking about 
the faithful witness. The faithful witness. First, let's just think about the function of a witness. Have you ever witnessed a crime or an accident? Maybe you have been asked to sign some document affirming your knowledge of something. Could be you have been called to a courtroom hearing as a witness. In all these cases, your function is very simple. To tell the truth. What is expected of you is integrity. You cannot just say anything you would like to say or anything that is diplomatic or comfortable or easy. You cannot just speak what will favor one party over another. The job of a witness is to tell the truth. Let's go further with that. In our system, in both civil and criminal courts, witnesses are qualified in terms of three things, reputation, competence, and knowledge. Consider that. If someone has a bad or questionable reputation, something that hasn't been cleared up, if they might be considered incompetent in some way, or if they do not really know about the matter under consideration, they're not regarded as good witnesses. These requirements must be met, reputation, competence, and knowledge. Witnesses can quickly be impeached if they lack reputation, competence, and knowledge. So now we need to think of the Christ who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Think of him as the faithful witness When Jesus Christ is judged by these three standards, the conclusion is he is the perfect witness. Let's examine him by each of the three qualifications. As to reputation, even the Roman official whose permission was sought to execute Jesus said, I have found no guilt in this man. Luke 23, 13. This was Pilate's Conclusion, though he turned him over to the mob. Honest readers of the Bible today concede that Jesus suffered no mark against his reputation ever. Peter said of him, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. That's Acts 10, 38. Pilate's wife, Matthew 27, 19, said, have nothing to do with that righteous man. For last night I suffered greatly in a dream because of him. Quoting from Isaiah 6, 1 Peter 3.22 says, He committed no sin, nor was guile found in his mouth. Judged based on reputation, Jesus is qualified as the faithful witness. The second criteria, competence. That's another standard that applies to witnesses. Competence means mentally capable, having those skills of judgment, reaction, capacity for mature decisions. The temple guards who came to arrest Jesus observed and then confessed the maturity, the competence they saw in him. They said, never has a man spoken the way this man speaks. John 7, 46. Now, these were the officers of the chief priests and Pharisees, men not likely to entertain any prejudice. 
in favor of Jesus. They had never heard anybody speak such deep and profound things. Their confession of his competence was similar to the observation made after his Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 7:29. he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Jesus, therefore, proves himself to be a faithful witness in his spotless reputation and in his impressive competence. Well, what about his knowledge? What about his knowledge? The question here is, does the witness know what he's talking about? In the first chapter of Colossians, Paul describes Jesus Christ in many ways with words and phrases chosen by the Holy Spirit to put before us the incomparable Christ. Listen to some of this in Colossians 1. I'm going to begin at verse 13. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and translated us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Look at that first phrase in verse 16, by him all things were created. Jesus was there when all things were created, but not an inactive observer, rather an active divine participant in the work of creation. By him, all things were created. Jesus possesses the perfect knowledge of one who was active in the creation of all things. So I'm asking us to consider, therefore, Jesus Christ as the faithful witness, and we're considering that in terms of these three qualifications. Spotless reputation, put a check mark there, perfect competence, yes, and the highest kind of knowledge. Now remember, the chief expectation of a witness is to tell the truth. Jesus has absolutely no other experience. I mean, he's never told anything that wasn't the truth. He is and ought to be so regarded by us today as the faithful witness. I was doing some work one time on another subject for another lesson, and I had reason to look up the word martyr in Easton's Bible Dictionary. And I found this entry, martyr, one who bears witness of the truth and suffers death in the cause of Christ. In this sense, Stephen was the first martyr. The Greek word so rendered in all other cases is translated witness. 
in a court of justice as of one bearing testimony to the truth of what he has seen or known. That's the definition of martyr. Jesus Christ lived by the truth of God and died because of that loyalty. All that he did, all that he was, all that he said was because of his resolute loyalty to the truth of God. He bore witness to what he knew was true and right, and that standard has been conveyed to us through his chosen men, written on the pages of the New Testament. Jesus said one time, this is John 8, 38, I speak the things which I have seen with my Father. There's your faithful witness. I'm telling you the truth that I know to be true. I speak the things which I have seen with my Father, Jesus said. And then in the same context, he said, John 8, 31, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. Our pressing need today as individuals made in the image of God is to accept Jesus Christ as the faithful witness. He faithfully testified the truth of God, and his life exemplified that standard. He caused his testimony to be written for our learning and for our living today. You need someone in your life who will tell you the truth about yourself all the time. You need someone in your life. I need someone in my life who will tell me the truth about God and what he means to me and how I should respond to him. You need someone in your life who will tell you the truth about how you ought to think, how you ought to speak, how you ought to act and react, and how to get ready for death. Jesus Christ is that faithful witness. In a quotation cited by Trench, these eloquent words about the faithful witness, a faithful witness because he gave faithful testimony concerning all things which were to be testified by him in the world. A faithful witness because whatever he heard from the Father, he faithfully made known to his disciples. A faithful witness because he taught the way of God in truth. Neither did he care for anyone nor regard the person of men. A faithful witness because he announced condemnation to the reprobate and salvation to the elect. A faithful witness because he confirmed by miracles the truth which he taught in words. A faithful witness because he denied not even in death the Father's testimony to himself. A faithful witness because he gave testimony in the day of judgment concerning the works of the good and of the evil. I took that from Portraits of Jesus in Revelation by Weldon Warnock, F.C. Lectures, 1994. Jesus Christ is today the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. One more thing from the book of Revelation, this statement of praise to Christ in chapter 5 of Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And then in verse 13, to him who sits on the throne, 
and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. What is your present attitude toward Jesus Christ? Are you living under the authority of Jesus Christ today? Have you obeyed him, being baptized into his death? Are you walking in him, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth? Please, we bid you to think about these things soberly. And please share this recording. Let's tell everyone we know about Jesus Christ, who he is, and what he should mean to us. Thank you for listening.